Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. Well, hello. Loyal followers will know that I've been off air for a while, thanks to a major meltdown moment in the IT department. I hope I haven't lost you in my absence and that we are now back in situation normal. Let's reopen with something rousing and a little different, but not completely off-piste, as I think I can demonstrate. Who determines, I wonder, what defines something as an opera and what a musical? The latter may seem straightforward enough, but Mozart's magic flute is technically a zingspiel, literally translated as a play with singing, which most of us would now call a musical, although it's never been referred to as anything other than an opera. Scroll forward just over a hundred years, and much the same goes for Gershwin's Porgy and Bess, where there's plenty of dialogue interspersed with music, and yet we call that an opera as well. On the other hand, West Side Story remains categorised as a musical, and actually I'm quite happy about that, because it allows me to assert it as the best musical ever written, and nothing will persuade me otherwise. But move on a few more decades, and Stephen Sondheim's musical Sweeney Todd is now more often referred to as an opera. Not many will associate the word tuneful with Schoenberg. But have you heard of another Schoenberg, whose first names were Claude Michel? Respect if you have. Even if you haven't, you'll almost certainly be familiar with his music, as the composer of Miss Saigon and Sweeney Todd's near contemporary Les Miserables, which is still classed as a musical. Almost everything is sung, so the passages between the songs could, I think, be quite reasonably called recitative, as it is in opera. So it's my guess that the musical historians of the future will come to refer to it as a late 20th century opera. Its Frenchman composer, Claude Michel Schoenberg, was actually a pop star, but also a bit of an opera nut, especially Puccini. And Les Miserables is certainly operatic in scale. I remember when we went to see it in the theatre, we were too late to buy a programme. After an hour and a quarter, I just assumed, and I must confess, ardently hoped, that that was the end of it, only to discover that we were less than halfway through. And yes, I have tried the film, but I'm afraid I didn't have the patience to persevere, despite its stellar cast. And I found it was a lot easier to turn off the television than it is to walk out of a theatre. All this is a very long preamble to justify playing a couple of extracts. There are so many to choose from, obviously. I dreamed a dream, and one day more are two outstanding candidates. But I'm going with stars, sung by someone more closely associated with opera, Bryn Tafel, in the part of Javert, the prison guard-turned-policeman determined to pursue Valjean, who has slipped through his fingers again. And then I can't resist playing Do You Hear the People Sing? Is this really such a far cry from some of Verdi's not very thinly disguised political choruses? I make no political comment now, beyond observing that it seems appropriate today as it ever has been. And what a great tune it is anyway. Mm-hmm. 
in the darkness, a fugitive running, fallen from God, fallen from grace. God be my witness, I never shall yield till we come face to face. Till we come face to face He knows his way in the dark Mine is the way of the Lord Those who follow the path of the righteous Shall have their reward And if you fall as Lucifer fell You'll fall in multitudes scarce to be counted filling the darkness with order and light you are the sentinels silent and sure keeping watch in the night keeping watch in the night you know your place in the sky. You hold your course and your aim. And each in your season returns and returns and is always the same. And if you fall as Lucifer fell, the flame, the sword. And so it must be, for so it is written on the doorway to paradise that those who fault and those who fall must pay the price. Lord, let me find him that I may see him safe behind bars. I will never rest Till then This I swear This I swear
to follow that with something a little predictable but I'm not going to get a better opportunity than this even if it is a little overplayed. That rousing chorus tells of people who will not be slaves again. Verdi's opera Nabucco written nearly 150 years earlier and the opera which undoubtedly sealed his reputation contains perhaps the most famous chorus ever written Va Pensiero known as the chorus of the Hebrew slaves. The words are based on Psalm 137 and conclude, Let me cry out with sad lamentation, or else may the Lord strengthen me to bear these sufferings. It's sung here by the chorus of the Royal Opera House Covent Garden, accompanied by its orchestra, conducted by Bernard Heitink.
from the overplayed to the underplayed. I speak of Mozart's penultimate piano concerto, number 26. It's a bit of an irony, really, because for a time it was reckoned to be his most popular after its first performance, an approval which lasted well into the 19th century. It's now known as the Coronation Concerto, as a result of Mozart playing it in front of Leopold II being crowned as Holy Roman Emperor. So it's a bit of a hidden masterpiece. One particular oddity is that Mozart left out large swathes of the left hand in the score. In fact, when it came to the second movement, he didn't bother at all. Here is the first movement, played by Murray Pariah with the English Chamber Orchestra. It's lovely playing of a much underrated piece.
we've had quite a mix today. At the start of this episode, I mentioned Mozart's Magic Flute. So let's finish our contrast of overplayed and underplayed by listening to one of the most famous and fiendishly difficult arias sung by the Queen of the Night in that opera. It's not hard to tell she's in a rage, in this case with her daughter Pamina, charging her with killing Sorastro on pain of her disowning her. Apart from having to convey a mega strop, the singer is confronted by some fairly horrendous acrobatics right at the top of the scale, and I can only imagine that in a live performance it must strike even more terror into its singer than its target. It's always a nail-biting moment. Here is a recording which combines rage and technical prowess at its best. Lucia Pop, one of my all-time favourites, sings Der Hölle Rache, Heaven's Vengeance, accompanied by the Philharmonia Orchestra, conducted by Otto Klemperer.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you, so please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below.